Well, happy Father's Day once again to all of our dads. And Dr. Johnny Hunt has said this. He says there's two kinds of sermons. There's what he would refer to as a shotgun sermon where you try to hit everybody. And then there's those rifle sermons where you're trying to pick them off one by one. So men, go on notice. This is a rifle sermon. We're going to be picking you off one by one. Amen, and I think you can take it, you can handle it. Uh, We have lost sight of what a man ought to be. Matter of fact, uh, if you find yourself in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to see, and I'm titled this morning's message, Act Like a Man. Just act like a man. Now my daddy used to tell me that quite a bit. When I was, uh, you know, kind of whiny and all that, he said, just act like a man. Well, I'm sorry to say, but in our society today, we really don't know what a man's supposed to act like. Because everybody's saying, this is what you ought to do. This is what you ought to do. This is what you ought to do. Just this morning, I saw where they uh, come out with a, a fashion statement for guys. And they're calling it dad wear. Now, some of it I was okay with. The Hawaiian shirts are making a comeback. Praise God for that. I had a bunch of those things. And my children would ridicule me and said, Dad, are you wearing that? Uh, You know, they had the flowers on it and all that. But they were loose and they were comfortable. Where they're making, apparently they're making a comeback. Also, uh, the comeback is uh, that if you look just as sloppy as you want to be, that's cool now. I'm kind of with that too. (laughs) But there's one thing that I refuse to do. They're saying now that the fanny pack (laughs) is cool. If you're a hip dad, you'll have a fanny pack. I refuse to wear a fanny pack. Okay? I got enough problems with mine as it is besides wearing something to identify it even more. But here's it. You don't wear it around your waist anymore. Oh, no, no, no. You strap it around your shoulder. I ain't doing it. I am not going to do that. But we know that the feminist movement has done everything to confuse. We have a lot of men who are confused on what it means to act like a man. But I'm sure glad that the Word of God makes it very clear on how a man ought to act. Now primarily I'm looking at the dads today, but I believe this could be for all of us men. So ladies, you just sit back, you enjoy you be sure to get your rib punches in along the way because you should have quite a few of those. But this morning we're going to look at what does the Word of God say about a man? Three things that we're going to see this morning. First of all, a man ought to love his family. He ought to love his family. Second of all, not only should he love his family, but he should lead his family. Make no bones about it. The Word of God is quite clear. Men, it's our job to lead our families. 
It's not the wife's job. It's not somebody else's job. It's not the school system's job. It's our job to lead our families. And the third thing that we're going to see this morning is we ought to be able to lift our families. Men, our families need us. Ladies, you would agree that you want a man to act like a man. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, where it's a number of verses. But first of all, in, uh, in chapter 5, in verse number 18, it talks about, now watch the natural progression of the text here. It talks about, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I find it interesting uh, that uh, in verse 18, it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, look at verse number 20. It says, "...and giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." Now, so uh, verse 18 says, "...be filled with the Holy Spirit." Men... You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're going to act like a man, a godly man, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But then it also says in verse 20, it says, and you're giving thanks for everything. You ought to be giving thanks for the family that God has given you. You ought to be uh, thankful for the wife that you have. You ought to be thankful for all things. Now, verse number 21 Saying all that, look what it says. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting. We don't like that word. Ladies, some of you have problems with that. I ain't going to have no man tell me what to do. It says submit. Now, okay... Guys, where you get all pumped up and say, boy, I like this sermon already. You need to understand what the word submission means. Look at verse. Number, uh, so he says, submitting yourselves one to another in fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Now, uh, guys, we like to camp out on that one, don't we? We'll go around and when you're not getting your way or you don't think she's listening to you, woman, submit. You ought to be, hey, the preachers told me this morning. Some of you are going to get in a fight by lunchtime about this. <laughs> and you're going to throw that text out. Well, the preacher said, why are you supposed to submit to me? Well, you've got to read the whole text. You've got to read the whole passage here. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife. Now, here the guy's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where you're punching your wife right now. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Keep reading on. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is... Subject unto Christ, so for the wise be unto their own husband in everything. Guys, you're thinking, but this is looking good. This is looking good. 
Next verse. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now we got a lot more that we're going, but because of time's sake, we're going to go to the rest of this chapter. But we need to look at the whole body, the context of what's being said here. We understand, first of all, uh, dads, you are to be loving your family. In verse number 28, in verse number 20, uh, 25, in verse 28, and also verse number 33, the, the Scripture tells us three times, three times, guys, it says, love. We are to love our Family, But then he gives the illustration of what kind of love are we supposed to be exhibiting. In verse number 25 it says, Husbands, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Guys, we need to understand this morning that the love that we should have for our families is a sacrificial love. It's a love unconditional it's a love with no strings attached. Now guys, we're going to go ahead and this sermon has already been preached to me and I've already been convicted uh, of many of the things that I'm going to say to you this morning. So don't think I'm here to just beat you down. we we got enough of that as it is. I mean, men are just... Uh, have you noticed? Everybody likes to beat down men. And I always like to look for the worst example of a man they can find. Don't they? They always look for the worst example and say, and so the feminist movement, uh, uh, they're saying that a woman is just as good as a man and shouldn't be any differences. Hey, can, uh, that news flash, okay? This is real deep right here. So just go ahead, hang in. This is going to blow your mind. Women are different than men. I know, I know, that, that messed y'all up, didn't it? We're just different. We're different physically. We're different, oh yes, we're different emotionally. You ever seen kids play? If you got a bunch of boys there, uh, they're playing some, uh, football or something like that, and one of the guys gets hurt, and, well, they'll go over there and, and they'll kind of look at him. You know, he's got a bone coming out of his leg, and, and, and they're over there thinking, wow, man, that, that's pretty cool looking right there. And, uh, and then they say, well, uh, does it hurt? And, you know, the kids are like, ah, yeah, yeah. And so what will they do? They'll go ahead, drag him off, and get back to the game. <laughs> oh, but when you have a bunch of girls playing, and one of them gets hurt. Time out. All the benches, they huddle around her. And, and they cry with her. And they, they'll say, forget the game. we got to take care of her. That's just the difference, right? We, we, we can go on and on. I'm just telling you, it is quite clear that men are different than women. And I don't know why we think that that's wrong. Society's telling you that. Society's telling you that it's okay to dress up your little boy in pink leotards. I'm just telling you. That's what they're getting at. Why? Because the homosexual, the lesbian, and the transgender movement 
is corrupting the way we're thinking about what a man ought to be and what a woman ought to be. And the Bible is quite clear. Aren't you glad the Bible is quite clear that tells us a man is to be a man and this is what a man should act like and make no apologies for it. And so here, we ought to love how we are to love. We are to love sacrificially, unconditionally. We love as Christ loved the church. By the way, may I remind you, church, He gave His life for us. And so a man, if you're going to act like a man, if you're going to be the father that you ought to be, according to Scriptures, you're going to have to be willing to put your own life on the line because that's how much you love your family. But then we also see, uh, uh, talking about uh, sacrificial love, understand guys, love is a verb. Love is action. Let me help you here. Some of you guys need a little help with this area. Love is not just saying you love them. Love is showing that you love them. By the way, some of you guys probably haven't told your wife that you've loved during uh, a month or two. And just like the old boy that says, uh, his wife finally just had enough of him. She says, I just don't understand. She says, you never tell me you love me anymore. He says, well, what do you mean? She says, well, the last time you told me it was at our wedding. That's been 20 years ago. And he says, yes. And he says, nothing's changed. <laughs> Here's the difference between a man. That, hey, in his mind, he thought it was good. Hey, guys, sometimes you've got to show love. You've got to show love unconditionally. When things are not going well at the house, when you're not going to get nothing out of it, you need to love your family, and your family needs not only to hear it from you, they need to see it from you. And, but then it goes on in, in 1 Peter. Uh, the, the verse uh, number 28 and verse 33, and we're going to get to 1 Peter 3, 7. In verse 28 and 33, it says that a man, you should love your wives as unto yourself or as unto your own body. Now, what's the text saying? The text is saying that you're going to treat her as if you would treat yourself. Now, guys, we're going to take care of ourselves, are we not? Of course we are. We, we want to, I know, some of you guys say, nah, that ain't even me. Oh, down deep inside. We, we want to look good. Everybody wants to look good, don't you? I mean, I don't think you wake up in the morning and say, how nasty looking can I get today? You want to look good. You want to look presentable. Guys, we all to want to be uh, to, to not only dress well, but when we're going somewhere, we ought to look the best we can. Why? Because we're telling our wives, hey, this is how much you mean to me. I want to look good for you, honey. Now, guys, I didn't get too many amens there, but is that not right? Ladies, am I, am I telling you the truth? Don't you, when you go out somewhere with your husband, don't you want your husband to look good? You don't want to look like he just came out of, you know, uh, of the barn uh, shoveling manure. You, you want him to look good. You want him to smell good. Because why? Because he is a representative of you. 
ladies, may I remind you, uh, us guys kind of like you to look good too. I mean, I'll tell you, it should be flattering when you're out somewhere and somebody comes up and says, man, your wife, she looks very nice today. You know, I'm just thinking, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a class, man. I, I married a classy lady. I mean, we all love. And so here, we're to love them as we love ourselves. But notice here, this is, this is the one that caught me. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. It says... To dwell among them. Now, that's in the plural. That means not only your wife, but your children as well. It says we are need to dwell with them. We need to live with them. How do we need to live with them? Well, it answers the question. First Peter 3, 7, it says, according to knowledge. Now, guys, this is the one that you're going to wrestle with just like I did. That means that we need to take the time to understand our wives and our children. I already heard, I've heard. By the way, I have, it's not my eye, my eyes are bad, but my hearing's great. I heard a man, and he might have been up in the balcony saying, you just never met my wife. I heard that, sir. But that's what the Bible says in First Peter. It says we are to... Try and take the time to understand them. Wives are different. They think differently. They act differently. We've already illustration about the kids playing, but here's another. A man, when he has a problem, he just goes ahead with someone. He goes to that guy, and they might even have to duke it out. Remember in school where, uh, you know, you'd have a little test with, your, uh, with another guy and you went back to the, uh, the house, the schoolhouse. Y'all had a few punches and then uh, you'd had your nose bloody and you'd come back and you got your arms around each other. Am I not, I'm not lying? That's how guys do it. See, we go ahead uh, and, and, you know, we'll lay somebody out, but then we'll go around and pick them up. And next thing you know, we're best buds. Guys just want to fix things right then. Right? Am I telling the truth? We want to fix things now. Oh no, not with a woman. It's a process. It's a process. But we need to understand that. We don't need, listen, we don't need to go around and, and we've done it and I've done it as well. I just don't understand it. Never meant to understand her. But the Bible says that we are to deal or dwell with them uh, according to knowledge. The Bible's telling us if we're going to show love towards them, they're going to have to see that we're going to have to spend some time with them. Now, here's another word that messes us up. Communication. That means we're actually going to have to have conversation. We are now, and we have the problems at my house. My family's here today, and they're going to hear, and they'll say, I knew he'd bring this up. I just knew he'd bring it up. (laughs) Put your stinking phone away from the dinner or breakfast table. Have conversation. Don't have to text while you're at the same table with them. I'm telling you, I've seen this. 
What is wrong with us? And then we wonder why we have problems with communication. We're going to have to invest in our, and try to understand and, and, and know why, why they tick. And we need to, to let them know that's okay. I understand uh, you don't think like I do. But we're in, this, we're in this boat together. God's put us together. And so He's given me strengths. He's given you strengths. And we work together. We're going to see that in just a few more, uh, just a few moments here. So here, we're going to have to understand that if you have 20 kids, not a one of them is the same. Kids are different. Uh, my, uh, my kids, Micah and Rebecca, they are quite different. And they, they think it's scary. Is it not scary when you start seeing your children doing the things you're doing? It really is scary. And so uh, I've, I've had a history of putting things off. Well, now that really drives me crazy. And I'm seeing my kids doing it, and it really drives me crazy. And my wife says... Can't get on to them too hard because you're just like them. <laughs> That's when I like to pull that scripture out. Submit. Submit me. <laughs> Submit to me, woman. <laughs> I'm the head of this household. So, so, so we, we, we're just going to have to spend it. We got to get knowledge. We have to understand our kids. By the way, this is... This is you have two different kids, you're probably going to discipline two different ways. Now, one of them, you got to take a two by four. I'm just telling you. Take a two by four to them. The other one, you just look at them harsh. And they start, am I telling the truth? And so don't, and I'm just off, this is all free advice. If you went to me as a counseling, you would have to pay $100 an hour to hear some of this this morning. <laughs> so you're getting a break. And I've already, I heard you up there, sir, up there in the balcony. See, uh, my hearing's good where you said, and we get what we pay for. <laughs> <laughs> is that be careful that you try to discipline the same way. It won't work. And so here we got to understand, you have to have knowledge. And that shows them love. When you look and they say, well, you know, Dad really wants some time with us. I've been guilty of this. You come home from work. Guys, I know you work hard. You come home from work. You go to the, uh, find your first thing. You find your iced tea, sweet tea. And you find your recliner and then you find the remote. You sit back, got your tea, and you're watching Fox News, and one of your children or your wife comes in, and they're trying to engage you in conversation, and you're like, are you talking to me? Am I telling the truth? Or we'll say, can't you see I'm relaxing? Hey, listen, that child or your wife, they came in there because they needed you then. They don't need you now, later. What I'm saying is 
that we are to love because here's the thing that we would do. That's exactly what we would expect. Say your wife comes home and you, you work second shift or whatever the case may be. She comes home, she plops down, she gets the remote and, and you're over there and you've already had a bad day. Maybe you had to keep the kids that day. And so you're, you're, you're like at your wit's end and you come in and you'll say, hey, uh, hey is, where, where's dinner? She says, I just got home. Can I not just relax? Well, you don't understand what kind of day I had. I had to keep these kids. They drove me nuts. They drove me crazy. And then uh, you wanted me to do some towels. And then you wanted me to do this. And uh, Don't you know I've had an exhausting day. And all she has to do is look at you and say, Welcome to my world, Big Daddy. We have to understand to show love, it's not just saying it with our lips, but it's showing it in our actions. Now, very quickly, the Bible here tells us that we are to be the head, the head of the household. Didn't say head over your wife in the household. There's a difference in those two words. To be head over means you're a dictator. That's not what the Scripture is saying. And I've heard this Scripture misquoted many times over. Some of you might have even thought it. I'm running this place and you need to get used to it. I'm the head. It says you're the head of. That means you're to be the leader. Now notice this. Go back to verse number 18. Are you still with me this morning? Look at verse number 18. What does that verse 18 say? Do not be drunk with wine, but what? To be filled with the Holy Spirit. Gentlemen, you have absolutely no right to say you have authority over your wife and household unless you're under authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And could it mean, guys, that so you're having a little problem with this leadership thing at your household is because your wife is seeing that you're not under the authority of the head. The head is the Lord Jesus I'm telling you, we have to be men, we have to be under authority before you can have any authority. And so, first of all, there's three ships that you've got to sail when it talks about leadership. The first one you'll find is lordship. In Exodus 20, uh, 20 and 22, we have to understand that we have to have the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ living within us. The Holy Spirit should be permeating us. The Holy Spirit is enabling us. The Holy Spirit is helping us to be guided and to have wisdom. So the first thing that you have to be, you have to be on the Lordship. In order to get to leadership, you have 
have to have lordship. Jesus Christ has to be your Lord. I may be speaking to a daddy here this morning. You do not know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. You've never had a personal uh, encounter with Him. My dear friend, I want you to know your household will go a whole lot better when you get saved and you get under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it will be remarkable how much your wife will change. It will be remarkable how much your children will change because they've seen we have a different daddy here. We have a daddy now that's looking to the Lord Jesus for his guidance and for his wisdom. He's not stomping his foot. He's not demanding us to do this or that. I want you to know you have to have lordship in how to have leadership. But then there's a second, a second boat or ship that you have to get in is that you must not only submit to the authority, but you also need to be a partnership. Look at verse number 21. It says, submitting yourselves one to another. Is that what the text says? So husbands, you're submitting to your wife. Wives, you're submitting to your husband. But together, you're submitting to him. I've used this quite time in marriage counseling. I use the triangle. I love to use the triangle. And I'll draw a triangle and I'll say, well, here's the man and here's the woman. And I said, now, uh, you, yes, are submitting yourselves one to another, but here's how you do that. When you start working on your relationship with the Lord Jesus, and if you're doing that together, the natural progression is you'll meet at the head. Right? So we must submit one another because we've submitted to Him. We understand that this is a partnership. We are to work together. Uh, as I thought about this, we have a problem with absentee fathers. Many of you know what I'm talking about. And I started thinking about absentee fathers. Dads that for some reason thought that they were a father just because they produced a child and walked off. That's not what a father is. Just because you produced a child does not make you a father. A father takes care of his family. Remember, you got to love your family. But we have absentee fathers. They're gone off, don't know where they're at. But my dear friend, you can be living in the same household and still be an absentee father. Some reason we think if I just go ahead and buy the shoes that they want and buy the clothes that they want, if I go ahead and when they turn 16, I buy the car that they want, uh, you know, I, it's as long as I'm throwing money at them, I'm doing my job. My dear friend, that is not doing your job. Matter of fact, you're probably doing more harm than good doing something like that. Or you've taken the thought that, you know what, uh, your wife has a, uh, 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 is able to stay at home. And I've seen this many times over as well. And, and thank God that many of you ladies are able to stay at home. I, I mean, that's a blessing. I, I know it is. But here's what happens. Dad comes in. He's had a rough day at work. 
And he, 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 does, uh, he doesn't want to have any interaction. He's, he, he says, I've, I've dealt with enough people here. All week. I, all I heard complaints, complaints, and complaints. Here's your wife, been working hard all day, and got the kids, and got dinner ready, and you come down, and you start fussing about the meat that you had for that day. Why are we having this? Well, I, this is what I fixed. Well, uh, you know I don't like this. And by the way, we had it just uh, uh, last week as well. Uh, I wish we'd had something like, I mean, you start complaining right off the bat. I don't like the way you cook this. I don't like it. And then you look at the kids and the kids want to have some interaction with you. It says, hey, hey we just leave the kids. Uh, I, I got some work to do. Uh, just, just keep them out of my hair. That's an abstinent father. My dear friend, if your job is that stressful, you probably need to get you another job. And by the way, there's plenty of jobs to be had. I mean, everybody's looking for somebody. It says, well, I don't like doing this kind of work. Well, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) Just suck it up. Do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't like the job you're in, go and you can look for another one. But don't go looking until you know you've got another one before you quit the job that you don't like. I listen. I had conversations with guys. Well, I didn't like my job. Okay. Was you okay? What are you doing now? Nothing. Okay. Well, don't you think it would might have been wise if you'd have found another job before you quit the job? And now you got stress in the family. That's why they was talking to me. My wife is stressing me out. Well, land sakes. <laughs> you just up and quit your job. Now you got having problems paying your house note. Listen, sometimes common sense has gone completely bonkers, has it not? It's gone completely out of the picture. Why? Because we were thinking about our stinking selves. I was too stressed out. Well, welcome to the world. You don't think it's stressful for your wife to take care of your 14 kids? Feed them, clothe them. Listen, I had all three grandboys Friday. For just an hour or two, I was stressed out. I was stressed out. And they, they, they were whining and then all that. And, I'm, and I, was, I was ready to rip Rami in on. I'm thinking, oh man, oh, please go home, go home, go home. <laughs> and I thought to myself, this is the life of a mother every day. And then, sir, you come home and have the gall to complain you had a bad day. This is a partnership and we need to understand the problem in our society is absentee fathers. I don't care what liberal television is telling you. I don't care what the view tells you. I don't care about all these others that said, well, you know, hey, a woman don't need no man and all this other kind of stuff and they beat down men and all that. And if you tried to live by biblical principles, they call you a chauvinist pig and all this other kind of stuff. I'm just really getting tired of all that mess. I'm really getting tired of all that mess. And here's what we need to understand. In some rights, they were right. Dads are out of the picture. Do you understand the problems that it's caused us as a society? 
Do you realize with an absentee father, I'm not just talking about dads out of the picture. I'm talking about a dad that also can be in the household and still be an absentee daddy. That an, a child, by the time he reaches the age of 13, by the time he reaches the age of 13 and he has an absentee father, the chances of him going into crime and drugs is increased by 60%. Don't tell me that God's design is not relevant. A man and a woman living in matrimony, the institute, the first institution that God ordained was that of marriage. Now, I also understand, I am very sensitive to the fact that we have many single moms and many single dads. That's, a, that, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about being the father and being the man that God has called us to do. Men, you better be taking care of your family. And you better be taking care of your children. And by the way, just go ahead since I've already ticked some off. Just because you send child support doesn't mean that you're still doing your job. Your kid doesn't need your stinking money. They need you. They need you. They need to interact with you. I'm just going to go... Men, dads need their sons. Sons need their dads. That's the way it ought to be. Now, I'm not saying they don't love their mom. I'm not saying that. But dads, your children need you. You need to interact with them. You need to be praying with them. They need to see you getting into the Word of God. And I'm telling you, and I'll be the first to admit today, that I've already been convicted of that because I haven't done a good job of that with my kids. I understand that. And I've asked God to forgive me with that because I was always busy or whatever the case may be. But guys, I'm just telling you, our children need a dad. They need to be the leader of the household they need to lead by example. But then there's not only a partnership, but there's hardship. Verse number 23. I'm telling you, it's hard to be a father and a mother in today's society. I understand that. It's hard because men, we have a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility. We are to be leading our homes. We are to be leading our children. Do not leave it up to mama to help your children with things that they need to know about. Don't let your mom, and moms need to be enacted too. I'm not saying mom's out of the picture. You're working together with that. But dad, you are to be taking the lead on this. You ought to be uh, helping your children with spiritual matters. I've realized that part of my responsibility as a grandfather is I need to be helping with the spiritual matters of my grandchildren. Why? Because I'm a man. Men are to be leaders. Well, does that mean that a woman can't... I'm, stop that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, the Word of God is quite clear. Men are to be the head of their household. Period. 
Don't come up with all the other, you know, well, what about this? What about this? I'm just telling you what the Word of God's saying. And guys, the reason why we have not been given the authority that we should be getting, here again, it goes back because they're seeing that we're not even doing the job. Don't blame the woman. She's picking up your slack. And that's what's happened. Many of our households, the woman has had to pick up the slack because we've become lazy and we've become disobedient to what the Word of God's told us to do. Guys, plain and simple, we are to be the head of the household. We are to be the leaders of the household. But they will not follow that unless we're under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where many of us have failed. Just because we thought we was a man, we could go and push our weight around. If you've got to push your weight around, then you do not deserve to be in authority. True leaders lead by example. And men, I'm telling you, ladies will agree with me on this. They'll be happy to let you take care of your responsibility. Because they're getting tired of carrying their load and your load too. So, well, man, you just got riled up on this. I've gotten riled up because this sermon's speaking to me. I'll be disobedient in many areas of who I should be doing and what I should be doing. So, don't think I'm just beating up on you guys. I've already been beaten up over this one. Guys, it's time for us to step up and do what the Word of the Lord says that we should be doing. We should be leading our families by example. But then, very quickly, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 8. It says here that we are to be taking care and we are to be taking care of our wives and our families And if we're not doing it, well, this is a strong word right here. In 1 Timothy 5.8, it says, if we're not doing it, if we're not doing what we've been called to do, we're worse than an infidel. I didn't say that. God said that. If you're not taking care of your responsibilities at home, the Bible says you're worse than an infidel. Which tells me that a part of our faith walk includes us as men to be the leaders that He's called us to be. Ladies, I know that it's tough for you and I understand that you say, well, you just don't know about my husband. And I know many of you pray for them and you need to continue to pray for them. We're going to have a time in here just in a few moments. We're going to pray for the men in the house today. And ladies, I know that you are burdened. Your husband's just not doing what he ought to be doing according to the Word of God. You just keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. And I've asked my family as well to forgive me where I failed them in many areas. Guys, maybe some of you in the house today, 
need to ask God to forgive you for some of the areas of neglect that you've been involved in. Very quickly and lastly, in verses 25 and 27, we are to be lifting our families up. It says here, notice in verse, especially in verse number 27, it says, and it re- relates to, is as Christ uh, died for the church and He wants His church to be holy and without spot. What we need to understand, man, is that that, our, that is our responsibility that we lift our wife up to be all that she can be for the cause of Jesus Christ. We're to pray with her. We're to pray for her. We're supposed to encourage her. We need to lighten her load. We need to lift her up to be all that she can be. But in Ephesians 6, verse number 4, it also says that a part of our responsibility, guys, is that we are to be raising our children. It says, do not provoke your child to wrath, but bring them up in the nurturing of the Lord. Guys, nurturing is not one of our strong points sometimes, isn't it? Oh, that's, that's, that's the wife's job. You ever notice when your child gets hurt, they usually run or they'll cry for who? Mama. Why? Because mama is going to say, and they might have a little scratch. They're thinking their legs broke. If they came to daddy, what would we say, guys? Shake it off. Shake it off. Oh, come on now. Not mama. Oh, honey. Oh, do you need a Band-Aid? You want me to kiss and make it better? She's a nurturer. Guys, we're to be nurturing our children. Now, I'm not saying, you know, do what your wife does. I mean, that's, that just seems wrong. <laughs> I mean, a man, I mean, you know, I said, you know, your child's bones are protruding and whatnot like that. You're saying, why did you take him out of the game, coach? He can run on one leg. You know, they need nurturing. They need nurturing. That means there's times when you need to be tender. You need to be tender with your wife. One of the things I found out, and you know all, the circumstances with my wife and whatnot, and I'm just going to be real honest with you this morning. I really haven't handled that too well. You know, I said things like, suck it up, let's go, come on, I don't understand why I ain't back in the game here. And that was wrong. She needed me to be tender. She just needed me to say, Honey, I'm, I'm here with you. I love you. We're going to get through this together. And I'm just going to be transparent with you this morning. I haven't always done that. With my children, when they had issues, I would kind of blow it off at times. Well, that's just the way it goes. You know, hey. And all they needed was just a dad to hug on them, hold them in there lap and squeeze them with arms of comfort. I haven't always done that. 
and I regret that. Guys, there's times when you need to be tender with your wife and you need to be tender with your children. That's what God's told us to do. Nurture them in the admonition of the Lord. The older I'm getting, the more emotional I'm getting. This morning, I got a uh, Father's Day card. It was from Rebecca. She loves it when I mention her name. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was a kind of a funny little. And it said something basically about reminding me of the thousands of dollars I spent on her. It, it reminded me of the trials and tribulations, you know, growing up, being a teenager and all that. And it was a silly little card, but I started getting teary-eyed. Because at the very end it says, basically says, just look to me like I'm your, the one that helped build your character. <laughs> See, that's the, re- that's the reaction I should have had. That's not the reaction I had. I started crying. And then I got one from Ezekiel. And it was Mickey Mouse. And when you open the car, Mickey goes, ah! And I got worked up over that. What is wrong with me? I want to think it's because God is helping me have a tender heart. Guys, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay to wear pink. Just throwing it in there. I'm just throwing it in there. We're fixing to go to the invitation. Guys, I said this was a rifle sermon. And I just felt led to do this, but when we come to invitation, I think it would be a wonderful thing if you're able to do it. Now, if you have limitations, I understand that. That when the time of invitation is that you'll come down to this altar. And you'll just ask God to forgive you where you've neglected some areas. That you haven't been the leader of your house that you should have been. You haven't been as loving as you should have been. You haven't been as tender as you should have been. I'm going to call you to this altar.